Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. All right, Steve Burstink, my best of the weekend. Phil Mickelson, age 50, that's 5-0. Wins his sixth major, becomes the oldest player to ever win a major tournament. He beats a couple guys, Brooks Kepka and Louis Osterheisen. Uh, wins by two shots over those guys. Just an unbelievable tournament. It, it was it was a ride on the chic row. It was incredible. And one year ago, this weekend, this past weekend, you know what Phil Mickelson was doing? He was playing golf with Tom Brady against Peyton Manning and Tiger Woods down in Florida. A year later. Of course, Brady at 43 has won the Super Bowl, and now Mickelson at 50 has won a major tournament in the PGA Championship. I think now Brady will play until he's at least 51 years old just to be better than Phil Mickelson. That was going to be my question. I mean, he has to now, right? I mean, (laughs) mean, he has to be better than Phil, right? I mean, what inspiration? You can't let someone show you up. The TB12 diet's got to be the best to keep you getting older. Well, I mean, listen, they talk about how how Mickelson has, you know, recommitted himself to his nutrition, which he's certainly got a different body type than he did back in the past. His mental focus, he does a lot of breathing and meditation. It's all coming together, man. Every answer to every question is Tom Brady. And if you don't think it's his world, there's only a matter of time before Mickelson credits Brady with all his success. So um, this was this was compelling, compelling television and golf you know, uh, any time that Tiger Woods or Phil Mickelson are involved, and it's been so long, um, you know, I mean, this he's the oldest player to win in 161 years of major championship golf. And he even admits that he thought his time had passed, but he still enjoyed playing. Um, you know, and, and that course, I mean, the four days at Kiowa Island in South Carolina with the wind and the um, just, you know, the, the sand and everything that they had going on there was a difficult course to boot. Um, but this this thing took so many turns, and um, it didn't just it just did not seem like he was going to have enough to push himself over the finish line. I mean, that was the whole thing, right? It's just the focus. Um, this was one of the longest courses in golf. I think it was some seven thousand yards or something like that. It was incredible. He started at one hundred and fifteenth in the world, and he hadn't uh, been in a top twenty finish in any tournament in, in nine months. Hadn't won a major since two thousand and thirteen. So just a little time with Tom Brady a year ago, and one year to the weekend, this is what he does. Do we know if he's eating avocado ice cream? Got to be. Got to be. I don't I mean, even think it's a question. They were together, so, you know. Listen, I mean, you know, the only regret he has is that him and Tiger lost to uh, to Peyton Manning, or, or they lost to Tiger and Peyton Manning, but him and Brady. That was the day. Remember, that, that was the only sporting event going on in the world at that time. Remember, mm-hmm. it was uh, this weekend a year ago. Uh, May 24th, I think, to be exact. And they had this made-for-TV challenge match. And, you know, Brady hadn't been here for very long. I had just seen him at Berkeley Prep the the day, you know, the, the week before on a Tuesday uh, with his other guys thrown out there. And then, you know, they go to this tournament. There's no media. They won't allow the media. It's a Tiger thing. Um, he only has, you know, the, the, the cameras and, and, and the TV folks. And, and you watched every hole of this 
essentially a charity match, uh, grudge match between Manning and Brady and, and of course, Tiger and Phil. And that was, that was Brady's teammate. And, you know, we thought, oh, my gosh, it's sports. Like, how great. Brady ripped his pants, uh, you know, had a really bad front nine, <laughs> looked like every hacker that's ever been on any course. Then he hold that shot. Then he hold one, right, a big-time shot. He holds one. I mean, and, and so, I mean, you know, just flash forward. It, it, exactly, it's just so weird that a year later, now Brady is a Super Bowl champion. He's had his, you know, uh, avocado tequila, boat parade, all those things. And here is Phil Mickelson, his partner, and he was he was tweeting out. Brady tweeted out, like, that's my quarterback, LFG. Let's go, Phil Mickelson. But it was just – it was great theater. It was It was unexpected. It was – even though he led heading into Sunday, you just didn't really believe that he could pull this off. And then he does. And it was, it was tremendous. It really was. And it was, you got to wonder what's Tiger Woods thinking? Well, I don't, I mean, I, he's probably thinking, can I walk again? Well, yeah, yeah, beyond that, beyond, I mean, you know, hopefully he's can get back, but right. I don't know. know. They've always had that rivalry between them. Yeah, I mean, listen. I mean, he's 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 not Tiger Woods, and and I think Woods obviously with the number of majors he had has had has far eclipsed Phil Mickelson. But he now has one thing Mickelson has on Woods that Woods doesn't have. Maybe Woods will have to play until he's at least fifty years old to try to take this title from him as the oldest golfer to win a major. I mean, fifty. I mean, what, what Nicholas was forty. I want to say forty six uh, when he won the Masters. Um, that sounds about right. Yeah, and I mean, so there there just hasn't been uh, that many, you know. Got Julius Boros uh, held held that distinction for fifty three years. He was forty eight when he won the nineteen sixty eight PGA Championship you in San him? Antonio. No, I don't. I I don't even know who I, I don't know who Julius. I've never heard that name. And he, apparently, he's still alive. He's like ninety eight years old. But um, so yeah, bad day for him. But listen, I, I mean, Phil Phil. Took us on a wild ride, but he made some huge shots. Um, he kind of limped to the finish. Uh, had you know, it was it could have been a three shot swing if um, uh, you know if, if Kepka had made birdie and he had he had bogeyed or something like that. But uh, in the crowd, by the way, the crowd got completely out of hand. What is the PGA doing with people on the green as these guys are putting out on the 18th hole? I mean, there's so many people. That you know, there was no like when I go to golf tournaments at Valspar or someplace else, you can't get on the fairway. Like you can't follow the last group on the fairway up, like you know, up, up the fairway. Um, there were so many people that they were actually after Phil hit a shot, they they like crowded around him or putting their hands on him. Kepka said, and in the post uh, match, he was mad because he said that uh, you know he didn't mind the crowd rooting for Phil, and obviously the the roars were. Uh, everything short of uh, just short of Tiger that you hear on the golf course, but Kepka says he goes, look, he goes, somebody went after my knee. You know, he he's coming off major knee surgery, kept them out of all last year, kept them out of most of this year, and he says, I'm I'm in the crowd, and I don't know if it was intentional or not, because my knee got jacked up before the 18th, before I got on the 18th green. This is crazy out there. No, that ain't right. That I mean, no. that's. That's on the PGA. Yeah, I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, you want fans to be as close as you can and have that access, but not that close. Not that close, man. Somebody, somebody tries to do a Jeff Galuli on the guy, you know, Tanya Hart. Why? Why? You know, got Kepka laying in the green there, um, getting kneecapped. But uh, that part wasn't good. But yeah, so that that was my best of the weekend. What was your best of the weekend? Well, I'm, it, it, it it tails off of uh, you know a lot of upset Rays fans, but Taylor Walls. 
who mm-hmm. just got so Willie Thomas is traded on Friday, which wow, didn't see that one coming. Nope. Uh, actually, let me clarify. Saw that. it coming. Didn't, didn't see, see it coming, it coming uh, in May of right. 2021. Exactly. Eventually, with Taylor Walls and Vidal Bruhan and Wander Franco and, and these young studs that they have down in Durham and, and lower levels of, of of the minors, you knew that some players are going to have to be moved out to make room for them. It was surprising it happened then, although so far I like uh, J.P. Fireisens. Uh, he's looked pretty oh, good wow. in two appearances. Two games, uh, yeah. Drew Rasmussen was sent to Durham, so mm-hmm. the other pitcher they got. Uh, they sent Trevor Richards out and Willie Adamas out. Willie, uh, you know, a fan favorite. I know my wife was ticked when I sent her the news that uh, Willie oh, was Oh, my trained. daughter was devastated. Yeah, she couldn't believe it. She, she was like, Willie, I mean, I mean, listen, he is uh, – the, he he was or is was sort of the energy on that baseball team, right? He was the first guy out of the dugout when somebody scored. He was always the guy that took off their helmet, the big hugs, um, just his passion for the game, his fire for the game, um, his joy for the game. You know, he he made watching the Rays fun because he was having fun, and and he's had some big moments for them. You know, this year was not one of them at the plate. Um, he struggled in in the World Series, obviously. Uh, his defense has actually improved every year until he's actually a very reliable glove. But, I, I mean, you get it, right? They've, they've got, like, some of the best prospects, not just for them, but in all of baseball, all play the infield and are sitting down in Durham. And it, it just, it, I guess it was time. Well, I, I don't know if it's time. I mean, you know, look, trades have to come about for a couple reasons. One, the Brewers had a need at shortstop. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they made a trade in the offseason. That player's not worked out. They needed help at shortstop. And they're a contending team. Yeah, exactly. The Rays are always looking for pitching. That's right. Um, and particularly some back-end guys. Is, is Chaz Rose still not back? Nick Anderson's not there. Oliver Drake's not there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, I mean, they hope to get these pitchers back later in the season. But, you, you know, you're you're always looking for good pitching. You've got guys at AAA you think are ready to come up, Taylor Walls, who's a switch-hitting shortstop, who some would argue is a better glove than Willie Adamas. Time will tell on that. Uh, you know, I mean, he, that's, he actually how, that's actually what he was known for was mm-hmm. his glove. He started Absolutely. to hit the mm-hmm. last couple of years, but really his yep. glove is what gave everybody notice. Right. I mean, he's, he's consi- I mean you know, as much as Wander Franco is the best shortstop in the system, Wander still has some deficiencies on defense. Mm-hmm. Taylor Walls is the best defensive prospect in their system as far, right. as, far as infielder. Um, so Willie Domus is struggling at the plate. Hasn't really hit a lot in his career. He's had some big hits at times, but overall hasn't been as big of a hitter as you'd like. You've got a, a, a prospect you think is ready to come up. Milwaukee needs a shortstop, and, and the timing worked. I mean, I don't. Who knows if the Rays were shopping Adamas to the Brewers, or the Brewers called about Adamas? I mean, you never know how these things work. Um, you know, it could have been ongoing conversations for a long time between them. Uh, it's amazing how many former Rays are on the Brewers, by the way. Yeah, right. Um, right. You start, you know, start seeing that. But, um, but Taylor Walls, I thought, acquitted himself very well in his first two games. Uh, he did have an error in each game. It made some nice defensive plays as well, but the bat is what stands out. Oh my goodness! Um, nice, uh, you know, particularly right-handed. That barrel gets to the ball real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, he drove. I mean, he, it was hard-hit balls he was hitting. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm excited. He's got some speed to him. He's got fire. He's got speed. Um, you know, he he is a switch hitter. His first, mm-hmm. you know, his first major league debut. 
Um, he had a double uh, batting right-handed, and then he turned around and bat left-handed and had another double. And, um, you know, when he got to second base after his first major league hit, came up, pumped his fist. It was exciting. Listen, Adames was hitting 197. Um, he also was among the league leaders with 51 strikeouts. And so it was only a matter of time before Adamas wasn't going to be an everyday player. I mean, at some point, you know, you're going to start seeing other infielders in there more than him. And he's also, after this year, going to be arbitration eligible. So if you have guys in the minor leagues that are ready right now um, and you know you're not going to carry Adamas through the end of the season and those pitchers are made available to you, like you said, because Milwaukee had a need for a shortstop, it was sad. I mean, it was, you know, he found out before the game in Dunedin, uh, you know, the Rays played the Blue Jays, their the Blue Jays home game. They got to sleep in their own beds, drive to Dunedin every day. Um, they still got to wrap up that series this afternoon. But, um, it, you know, he, he found out when he, you know, when he was there and he's saying goodbye to his teammates. And you, you could just feel the, you know, the loss, the, this, the personal affection they have for this guy. It's, it's the ugly part of the business in professional sports. You know, you pour your heart and soul into a baseball team and, you know, he spent most of his career here and, you know, and then in in a day he finds out he's he's headed to Milwaukee. His whole life is changing, right? Um, and, and there's a void there. But I, I think that, and, and somebody said this on the radio, I don't know if it was Dave Wills or somebody, they're talking about how having G-Man Choi back right now might have mitigated a little bit of the sting, you know, mm-hmm. from the culture aspect of it because that's another guy who's an energy guy, who's a, who's, who's a, uh, uh, you know, a, a big personality in the, in the, in the dugout. Um, so, you know, obviously you can't replace, you know, Willie's, what he meant to that baseball team and the personal relationships he had. And you could see that during the hugs and everything that they got. But I mean, I think, you know, it wasn't Now the, the question was, I think, I think a lot of people assumed that when they heard Adamas was being traded, that we we're going to see Wander Franco. But as Mark Tompkin has written, it's not time for Wander just yet. No, Taylor's had another year or two in the minors, mm-hmm. um, worked his way up. He's a little older too, um, and and you know right now, I think Taylor's defense means more than his offense will, and I think I think he'll be fine offensively. Mm-hmm. But they're contending right now; their bats are warm right now. Ten in a row. Yeah, um, the first eight of those they average nine runs a game. Right. Uh, you know, so right now the bat's not what they need. If they're going to trade Willie Domus, they need a good defensive shortstop. They need to keep playing the pitching and defense, which is how they're going to continue to, you know, compete in the American League and in baseball. And right now they have the best record in the American League, tied with Boston atop the AL East. It's incredible to me. Say that again. The best record in the American League. Mm-hmm. There's only two teams in baseball with a better record than the Rays. And they're both in the same division, the yep. NL West. Padres yeah. and Dodgers. Yep. And the Dodgers actually got off to a slow start. Now, the funny thing is, is that uh, un- until Sunday when the Red Sox, I think, finally lost, they had won a bunch of games in a row. The Yankees had won a bunch of games in a row. So the, the Rays, even winning 10 in a row, didn't really climb as far as you would have expected them to. But with that 10-game winning streak, I mean, it seems like a minute ago we were lamenting. In fact, I wrote how boring baseball had become. They had no offense. They weren't scoring runs. Uh, I think they had lost two out of three to the Yankees, if I'm not mistaken. But... Uh, you know, they sweep the Mets. I mean, they've gone on this run now. They have a chance to sweep Toronto. I mean, you just it's, you just don't sweep Sweeping a four-game teams. series. You don't sweep four-game series very often. No. I mean, it's just rare. It just doesn't happen. It's not easy to do. And I think their pitching has really settled in. Um, you know, they they still have navigated through all these injuries. 
Um, they add to that bullpen. So, you know, I think uh, the record for the Rays most victories in a row is 12. Lou Pinella did that. Yeah, so they did that back in 04. Yeah. And they only won 70 games that season, but they had a 12-game winning streak. Yeah, <laughs> crazy. <laughs> well, they got to that. That was the first year they got to that vaunted 70-game plateau, mm-hmm. by the yes, way. That was that the, was that the was high franchise water best, mark. yes. <laughs> That's right, which is crazy to think about. Um, the other year was Madden's last year. I think they won nine in a row, I want to say. Yes. Yeah, they were um, tied with that going into today. Yeah, so they they broke that record. And, and you know, hey, it's, it's listen. It's it, it really, didn't look like they were going to break it today. No, I mean, they're down They're down four to two. In the ninth. Um, in the ninth inning. Uh, and, you know, the Blue Jays have every expectation to close it out. A couple guys get on. Um, all right, so first of all, though, so they don't have their closer available, Dolis, who pitched the seventh in the or the end of the seventh inning and then the eighth inning. So they had to go to Chatwood for the ninth inning. So he gives up a walk, a single, then gets a fielder's choice, mm-hmm. then gives up another single. So he's given up a run. So now it's four three. Right. Gets a fly out, and then another walk. So what? Two walks and two hits. Two walks, a single, and a fielder's choice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, so I mean, but he's still he's one out away. Actually, you know, I mean, at one point he was one pitch away. Yeah, yeah he's one um, out away. And then they pull him, which he was not happy about, by the no. way. No. Not happy at all. Montoya got some really bad words thrown his direction. <laughs> Charlie, I mean, I felt bad for him, right? Because he's a former Ray bench coach and all that. But, uh, I mean, look, we've talked about this for pocket. If, if you don't want to come out, don't put your manager in that situation. Don't walk you the know? two guys. The, the hit's okay. They happen. Yeah. Don't, don't walk, guys. Right. Well, didn't they know it would get worse? Yeah, it did. Because then they bring in Bergen. Walk. Tie game. Mm-hmm. Walk. Down a run. <laughs> and when you say walk, they, I mean, these pitches were not even like competitive no. for the most part. No, no, no. I mean, no, no, he no. was way out of the strike zone, you know? Then walk. Down two runs. Right. Although I would maintain the best, I mean, Meadows had one hell of an at bat. I mean, he was up there. He fouled off a bunch of pitches. I think that was a nine or ten pitch at yeah, bat. Yeah, before the, yeah. He, he threw, was the first. He, he was the, the first walk. one Bergen gave up. Yeah, yeah. Margot and Brasso they weren't close. And that tied the game. Yes. Yeah. yeah. The Meadows one tied the game. Then the Margot and Brasso gave them the two run lead. And, then and I mean, so G-Man it's a it's a, th- it's a three two count. I mean, he's one strike away. And then Montoya is not having a, a conversation with Toronto writers on Zoom afterwards. But I mean, you know, good good on Meadows to foul a bunch of pitches off, mm-hmm. and then ball four was was definitely ball four. It was way outside. Yep. So the Rays, what? You, I was two hits, five walks in the ninth, five to score four runs and take the lead. Yeah, that was a gift. I Absolutely. mean, it was. But but you credit them again for you know getting a rally going, getting some mm-hmm. guys on, getting some guys over, getting some guys in, and. Not swinging at bad pitches, making pitchers work. I think I think Kevin Cash said after the game, you know what? That's our experience, you know, as a ball club. Like we we know not to help guys mm-hmm. in situations, and everybody went up there and and had great at bats and weren't too over anxious and made them work and everything worked out. I mean, sometimes you got to take them, you know. And they but they they've managed to do this in so many different ways. I mean, ten games in a row, you know, the bats have come alive. Um, how about it, how about Francisco Mejia home runs two yeah. straight games, including in the twelfth inning for a grand slam. Another another switch hitter, by mm-hmm. the way, he hit a grand slam left handed mm-hmm. to win a game the other night in extras, and then hit one right handed on Sunday. Um, Good looking catcher. Not not that he necessarily is going to supplant uh, Zanino, who is you know 
raking home runs. I think he's up to 11 or 12 now. Who would be your all-star off this race team right now? <sighs> I mean, Z-Man's, in, in, yeah, I mean, he's he leading, your leading home run guy. Who else are you going to tell? I mean, Glasnow's pitched okay, but not all-star worthy. I don't think there's a position player. Um, maybe, I mean, obviously, you know, I guess – I guess you could go with a Rosarena. I mean, he's going to have some reputation. He's probably yeah, the leading I mean, hitter. He's got seven home runs. He's got a lot of strikeouts. Twenty four RBIs. Home runs. I mean, pretty good. Two seventy five. That's not bad. I mean, yeah, pretty good production. A absolutely. good outfielder yeah. can run the bases. So yeah, I think maybe he'd get some consideration. Um, he's got eleven home runs now. Yeah. No, he's um, he's. I think he was leading um, the American League at least, if not baseball, among catchers for home runs. Oh, he's got to be. I mean, yeah. And 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 he you know he's not playing every game you oh, yeah. know and that that might be to his credit but um, you know he's he's you know if it's a day game after a night game he's sitting down and like he did on Sunday and and they have another good catcher I mean look for years and years and years and even Zanino was part of this you know the catching uh, offensively was was just an out and and now at least Zanino is fulfilling what they hoped he would do which is the long ball um, but he's doing a little more than that too so by the way and that Austin Meadows at bat. Was it just me, or did you want to see Taylor Walls steal home? You know, he was. You know, it was funny because they asked Cash about that play. You know, they had the shift on, so there's literally no one you know closer than the, what would normally yeah, be the, the shortstop. Third baseman, the third was, baseman was, was at the shortstop position, basically. Yeah, he was basically. You know, they um, eventually moved him closer because Taylor kept going down the line far. I mean, Taylor. Taylor had about forty-five foot lead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's not exaggerating. He was halfway home, so you know. Uh, a left-handed pitcher mm-hmm. whose back is to yep. him, yep. right? So, I mean, had he had he gotten a good break, there was a time where I thought maybe he was going to do it. Now, then they he, pulled the third, they pulled the third baseman closer eventually. They moved him closer, and 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 then the pitcher, you know, at the very least, he was distracted he by was. it. He had he, he had to stop off a couple times, faked a couple throws over there um, after stepping off the mound, and you make you wonder that if it, it, you know it's a little bit of a little league play, it's a little bush league, you know, where you try to go, hey pitcher, you know, and you take a few steps towards home, but you know what, it worked. And Cash seemed uncomfortable about it when he was asked. He's like, yeah, I don't, I, I don't really like the play. Um, it's it's uncomfortable to watch. You if know, you're not going to guard you know third, if you're not going to cover third, why not? That's your advantage, right? I mean, that's, that's the whole right. thing. Is you know, if you're not going to cover someone. Why, right. You know why? I don't understand why you'd be uncomfortable about the play if you're, you know. I don't know. It it was weird. I don't know what he meant by it. I don't know if he if he meant that it's it's it's. Or maybe a, it's he was a, just he was afraid just, he was going to steal. and He didn't want him to. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. He said, "Well, it's a play we have, and you know, like faking the home." And he goes, "You know, because I don't. I'm not saying I felt great about it, but you know, it's something you do and um and whatnot. But like, it worked not, out. If you're going to do the shift and not cover a base, I mean, it's like the bunt." You can't get mad at someone laying down a bun if you're going to give the whole one side of the infield up. Right. No, you're encouraging them. You're actually yeah. saying we're, we're okay if you get to first yeah. base if you can hit the ball over here. Like, we, we're trying to keep it in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, I mean, from that standpoint, I don't I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I think, you know, if you're going to play the shift and, and, and let the guy walk down the third baseline, and if that disturbs your pitcher, then mission accomplished. And I think it did affect him. Now, he wasn't throwing strikes, you know, before that, but – um, regardless, ten in a row is ten in a row, man. And to be sitting on top of the American League, it's like, yeah, the Rays are who we thought they were, but they've had to do it, you know, spackling together the the pitching. It was good to see Michael Walker come back. Mm-hmm. Um, he had had the hamstring he pitched injury, well. pitched very he well, pitched, pitched really well. Um, you know, they they've, they I mean they've they've kept their team in ball games 
um, even some of the ones they fell behind. But it's the offense that's changed the fortunes of this team. They've all just gotten kind of hot at the right time. By the way, can Kevin Kiermaier find any other ways to get hurt? <laughs> I mean, what? Like on Saturday. So what happened was well, I got an eyelash. Was, he got an eyelash? Really? Eyelash? Not like... First of all, I would never admit to an eyelash. I would say, hey, something flew in my eye. Yeah. I don't want to know what it was. It could have been a piece of grass, mulch, dirt, whatever. Mosquito, you're playing baseball. <laughs> yeah, you're playing baseball. I mean, anything can happen, right? I mean, you're playing on a dirt field. Instead, he's like, he got an eyelash? Come on, man. Those dreamy eyes, you're, you're dripping eyelashes into those beautiful green eyes. And they are green, by the way. Just ask him. My eyes are not blue. Some people, they're very green. They're green. But he's like, yeah, only me. Yeah, only you, Kevin. Only you could uh, could could get an eyelash and have to come out of the game. And I think I think Cash is the one that pulled him too. He's like, no, you're not gonna play. Um, but you know, with the high sky, it was interesting because I played at that field back before it was you know remodeled um, in Dunedin, and uh, it used to be a high school field, American Legion field. It was Grant Field years ago, and th- it was funny to listen to them talk about how. Well, it's really hard to follow the ball because, you know, you don't have three decks of, of stadium here. It's just one deck and a very high sky, and the wind's kind of blowing. I'm going, yeah, it's baseball. Yeah, well, <laughs> they, they, play, they play in those parks for six weeks in spring training. It's not like they I never know, play in parks like that. But it was so funny. It was like, and they did. you could see them sort of, even Toronto was sort of struggling, you know, kind of judging certain fly balls. Um, well, it was windy for sure, particularly it, Friday. It night was, was really windy. Wind. Oh yeah. gosh, I mean the wind was yeah, the wind was twenty five miles an hour sustained. There's been a, there's been several windy days, uh, and even on even on Sunday it was probably about ten or twelve. But um, yeah, you saw the guys losing losing balls, and, and it was just you know it was funny to me. It's like yeah, well it's just Florida. I mean I don't I don't know what the problem is. So well, good for them. And then they got one more game um, today to it's wrap afternoon. up this series. A Monday afternoon, afternoon game. It's a rare rarity for Monday afternoons. It is, and I guess it's because, I mean, Toronto is pulling up stakes. I mean, they're leaving. They're going to Buffalo yep. um, to play their home game. Well, they go to New York Tuesday, I think, and the Rays, uh, what, they're the Rays home. Rays come home, yeah, right? They stay home. But well, they've been home. Yep. It's got to be a huge advantage, right? I mean, it's a huge advantage that they've, uh, they've been able to just go down the road and play Toronto. I mean, that's phenomenal. Well, absolutely. Right? Well, just advantage of Toronto not being at home. I mean, and they did this last year, too, but... We saw it with the Raptors here. I mean, it was a huge disadvantage. Right. I mean, you know, they're they're at you know the Blue Jays are at home, and there was more Rays fans there than Blue Jays fans today. Yeah, there was. You know, and all weekend. I mean, that you know, because you're in Tampa Bay. I mean, it's a huge disadvantage. Yeah, that's um, what I thought. You know, I mean, you, you feel bad for what the Raptors this season, the Blue Jays last season, the Blue Jays this year. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they they're spent homeless. two months here. Now they're going to go to Buffalo to be their home park, and you know, I mean, that's that's tough. I mean, it, it's. There's nothing you can do about it. It's it is what it is, and the circumstances we're we're under, and with so few Canadian teams, you know they kind of have to do that. I mean, there's only mm-hmm. you know one in baseball, one in the NBA, so it's tough. Find somewhere in America to play, but you yeah. feel bad for the players and the organization. I mean, that's that's tough, man. Yeah. Well. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. It's to the Rays, the Rays advantage, and they certainly took advantage of that. Um, also, of course, the big game is, uh, is tonight. The Tampa Bay Lightning had a very, very interesting game for um, – and I don't know how you felt about the way it was it was officiated per se. Um, they they win the game six to two, and they take a three one series lead. Now they have a chance to uh, to close it out uh, in Sunrise tonight in Game Five. But listen, I mean, you talk about the sort of thing that changes not just games but seasons, but postseasons. How about legacies? What happened to Nikita Kucherov getting slashed in the back of the left knee? By Anthony Duclair of the Panthers. If that, if that, tell me that that is not a dirty hockey play. Tell me that this guy has any right to play in the next game. Well, he does because he's not going to be suspended. But why not? So, I mean, because Kuz did not have the puck. No, no. So he, this happens in hockey. All you see players do this all the time in hockey. It just hit the right spot this time. Now. I think it's wrong, and I can't stand it in hockey. I I think that stuff is bush league. You know, a, a stick is a weapon. When you yeah. start hitting people with it, I know they got tons of pads on, but you can Not hit a spot that you can hit a spot that doesn't. Knee. Yeah, I mean, you can hit a spot that yeah. doesn't. Obviously, right um, now, kudos on the official for calling the penalty on it because, like I he said, it, it happens it. all the time in hockey, and they let right. it go all the time. Right, cross checks, sticks. I mean, all that stuff they let go. Um, I thought the game was poorly officiated. Mm-hmm. But like I said, that play is—it's not an uncommon play. I'm glad they called the penalty on it. Right. Um, hopefully, it's just—you know—it hit a nerve in his leg and it just stung. And you know, I mean, you know, talking to Espo and talking to, to Brian Engblom and others afterwards, they said, "Yeah, there's a nerve there in your knee, man. You hit it right, and it just your knee goes hot. It goes—it's mm. it, painful in this, but you know, it'll be fine." It's just, you know. It's so just, nothing structurally. So hopefully. Just, well, that's your yeah. hope. I but mean, we don't we know don't, because he yeah. wasn't on the ice. Right. Right. We don't know and, anything. And, and they in the, in the playoffs, and they don't give updates in hockey in the regular season, let alone the playoffs. They ain't giving you anything. Uh, Lightning did not practice on Sunday, so there's no update there. John Cooper said didn't have an update. Um, the Sergachev one. Yeah. The Sergachev one. In real time, I know Dave Mishkin and Phil Esposito were beside themselves on it. I and then Phil looked at it and goes, "No, you know what? That's not a bad play." You know, I mean, Sergeyev lost his balance and then got checked. He had the puck and sh- shot it up the ice and got checked. I, I didn't think it. I mean, I, I don't like those plays in hockey. I thought it, maybe it was a little late, but Brian Engblom brought up a good point after the game, and he said I, he did not like that hit at all, and the reason is is Hornquist is in Sergeyev's blind spot. He never saw Hornquist. It was blindsided, totally. And, and, yeah. and that's, the, you know, that's what hockey's trying to get rid of. Not the hitting, it's the blindside hits, the hits you don't know are coming. If you're skating in the ice and someone hits you in the chest when you have the puck, that's your fault. If your head's down, that's one thing. Well, yeah, and the, right. N- the NFL has done the same right. thing. The NFL has tried to get rid of the crackbacks and the blindside yep. hits on kickoffs, on punt returns. You know, guys, guys were getting blown up. Mm-hmm. Um, those are the ones that 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 are serious, yep. you know. So Engblom had a real problem with it, and, and when I saw it again after he said that, and I, you know, you're right. It's in his blind. He never sees Hornquist there, right? So he can't um, protect himself. Yeah, and, and you know, and, and he was losing his balance too. That didn't help, but 
you know, those are the hits you want to get rid of. Um, I, I, to be honest, the worst hit didn't even get a penalty, and that was on uh, the one on Colton. Uh, you could have called charging. You could have called elbowing. You could have called interference, mm-hmm. and just plowed over Ross Colton right in front of the goal. Um, it hit him in the head. And that one didn't get a penalty call. That was the one that I was like, "What is going on?" I mean that that that's got to be called. Uh, I, I thought the officiating was poor. I thought it was very inconsistent. I, I thought, and the Lightning were given some too. Don't this isn't just you know the, the Panthers you know were dirty and everything else. I mean some of the plays maybe you could consider dirty, sure. But I I just thought the officiating lost control of that game early. Mm-hmm. And then try, and then when it got out of hand, they, they couldn't get it they, back. Then they tried to control it, and they couldn't. Yeah. Uh, there was one call that they, they did put um, Kucherov in the box. Yeah, that was that was a joke. That was a joke too. He got shoved into the goaltender. They called goaltender interference. How do you call that? Everyone in the press, Ron Francis, who's now the general manager of the Kraken, he was up in the press box, and many others in hockey, and they're like, "There's no way that's a penalty. That's a penalty on the the." Uh, it's on the Panthers. The Panthers I guy mean, who shoved Kucherov. I mean, there's no I mean, way that's a penalty. Other than, puck, you know, it was because they hit head-to-head, and so they were going to protect the goalie at all costs. But that's wrong. That's the wrong call, period. I mean, you got granted, shoved into the goalie. Nasty. Into the he goalie. had the – right, with the puck on his stick, by the way. It mm-hmm. wasn't as if yep. he was just skating through the crease. I mean, he was yep. actually scoring yes. or attempting to score, and the, and the puck was still on his stick. Or, or well, he, just wasn't, he wasn't trying to go through the crease. He got shoved into there. No, he got, he got pushed yeah. right into the goal. Yeah, that was, that was I, another bad call. The, the missed call on the Colton hit, and I can't remember which player it was now off the top of my head, but that one was really bad, and then uh, the Cooch one was really bad. Did Florida play dirty? Maybe at, some. At, I mean, at the that, end. That, that, hap- that happens when games get out of hand in the playoffs. Yeah, it's six games. two you in know, the third. Yeah, well, and the you know the other part is, and, and this is, it's, it's you're seeing this. I mean, the Capitals Bruins series has been really nasty too. And that one's now over. The Bruins won four to one. But it's shocker that the Capitals would have a nasty yeah. series. But I mean, with but <laughs> I'm wondering, and how much of the Lightning and Panthers have now played each other twelve times this year. Well, How look, much does com- that you know factor into this too? That's part of it. I mean, the old it's a you know the cliche familiarity breeds contempt. Mm-hmm. It does. I mean, you just you know they know each other so well. Um, there's there's animus after you played the same guys over and over again. You know what I mean? It's kind of like growing up with your brother. After a while, you just want to beat the crap out of them or leave them alone. You know, mm-hmm. it's like you're tired of seeing the same guy all the time. But I think that's a part of it. I also think a part of it is that you know. Florida, they, the, these two teams play a lot alike in, in, in the terms mm-hmm. of they're both explosive. Like offensively, mm-hmm. they're really fast. You know, they're, yes. they're, hard, they're a hard bunch to catch. And, and I just think that, you know, the, I don't know, for whatever reason, I think the game plan against the Lightning with a lot of these teams is to just try to get in their heads and rough them up. And I think the Lightning have done a pretty good job for the most part. I mean, you got to protect your players. But for the most part, I thought they've done a good job of not retaliating, not taking the bait. You saw Yanni Gord at the end there when yeah, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, the guy's yanking. And he was, all he was laughing ice. about it. Yeah, going, he's you know, like, I'm not going to go. He there. was content letting him get the penalty. Now the Luke Shen then came in, and then big oh, scrums yeah. broke out. But yeah, but I thought they'd done. Mm-hmm. I thought for the mo- and again, and Cooper said this: we've not been angels. I'm not suggesting that mm-hmm. we haven't done some stuff too. But he says, you know, for the most part, I think the Lightning know that if. They stay out of the box, and Florida puts puts themselves in the box. Look, the Lightning's power play with Kucherov and, and um, Stamkos and all those guys back has been lethal. 
It's been Cooch, nothing less. Cooch than on the power play has just been oh, a thing stupid. of beauty this series. I mean, yeah. the couple shots he scored early, and now now he you know lines up to shoot, and everyone comes to him, and it's an easy pass to Kalorn or Braden Point, and, and oh yeah, and, I mean it's it's a thing of beauty. I mean, yeah, Cooch is so so gifted offensively, and just sees the game so differently than everybody else. It's incredible to watch. I mean, he's. Uh, what on a power play as far as creativity goes? I mean, you've got Ovechkin with the shot and all that, but what Patrick Kane and, and Kucherov may be the best two in hockey at that period. Well, I, I think it's a huge advantage to say the very least to get one of the greatest players in the world back. The question is going to be whether he can come back for this game or any other game or the game after that. So you know, we'll find out. Obviously, the Lightning and and I guess the rules of the mm-hmm. NHL they don't have to tell you anything. Well, I think the good news stupid, is but... is both Sergachev and Kucherov did go on the plane to Sunrise. On well, that is so that is a good according sign. to the team's Instagram. Right, post, you see both of them boarding the flight to Sunrise, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Because it's only well, one one game back, so if you definitely were out or a long term injury, you may not even make the trip. Mm-hmm. Because it's just you know you're you fly Sunday, you're back Monday night. So what's the advantage now if they close this series out in five games? Um, they play the winner of Nashville and Carolina, right. correct? That series is tied two two. Okay, so because they could uh, get a couple days off. I mean, is well, what it we to. assume they will. So it's hard to tell. Traditionally, the NHL does not start round two until every game of round one is done. That's traditionally how the NHL does it. I remember a few years ago, they actually did start one game of round two before the last game of a round one finished. The series went seven games. Um, And it was more for building conflicts. They had to do that more than anything. This was several seasons ago. But traditionally, that's what they do. Now, the question is, because Canada's series if they go seven, are going to go a lot longer than any other series. Mm-hmm. Would they start other series earlier, knowing that after this next round, now you've got to play someone from a different division, essentially, or a different pod, however you want to classify it. Right. We don't know that. But we do know that Nashville and Carolina are going to play game five on Tuesday night and game six on Thursday night. Do I have that? Yes, Thursday night. So that series can't end until at least Thursday. So if you win on Monday night, you're definitely not starting till at least Saturday. Wow. So that's the advantage of winning game five tonight is that your series will not start until at least Saturday at this point, maybe later. Canada's series, if they all go seven, I think go through Monday next week. One, one series that would end Sunday, one would end uh, Saturday, I think. And if Carolina-Nashville happens to go seven games, Saturday is their game seven. Which means you wouldn't start till at least next a week. Next Monday would be the earliest you would start that series. Hmm. So because Nashville has won two games there, that that's a big advantage now. After Carolina kind of dominated the first two, Nashville won both in overtime. But yeah, so you know that if you can wrap it up tonight in Sunrise, that mm-hmm. you're not playing at least till Saturday. Which means the probably the players would probably get Tuesday and Wednesday off. That's an enormous advantage. Come back Thursday to start practicing. Yeah, that's an, it, it, during the playoffs when you're when you're mm-hmm. you know have to win 16 games, any days off are great, especially mm-hmm. when you're going to have bumps and bruises. And yep. we already know that Sergeyev and, and Kucherov are, are nicked up, and probably a lot of others. So that's that's a big advantage. Now the question is, and I think it's similar to the Florida situation the, about the familiarity. Wouldn't you rather play Nashville as opposed to Carolina, who finished best in the division? Obviously, oh, I, uh, look, I think Carolina's the better team, absolutely. 
Um, Nashville's been in playoff mode though for weeks now. True. You know, and and they you know gutted two overtime wins out against Carolina at home. So I mean, if anything, here's what: if you're a Lightning fan, you want to wrap it up tonight and let them go seven, and and let them go. Look, they, both <laughs> yeah. those, both those games, both the Nashville wins were double overtime. overtimes. Let them keep yeah. going double overtime every game. <laughs> yeah, and play seven. Absolutely. We'll we'll see we'll see the winner next Monday, Tuesday, whenever it is. That's yeah, absolutely. If you're a Lightning fan, that's what you want is let them beat the, the crap out of each other in, in multiple sure. overtimes every night and go seven games. That would be perfect. Sure. Sure. But you've got to wrap up tonight first. Yeah, you got to take care of business. And, I mean, I think, you know, winning uh, – look, they lost, what, game three. Um, probably should have won that game. That was a, an exciting game, high scoring, all that. There, um, the, you know, Greg Linnelli brought this up as soon as the game ended on, on uh, Saturday. They're one bad period away from sweeping the series and being over. Yeah, oh, absolutely. I mean, absolutely. They're, they're, you know, they're that close that the series could have already been over. But right. we also know Florida's a really good team, and they've shown that in the series at times, too. Mm-hmm. So you can't take anything for granted. And, and as desperate as they were in Game 3 and 4, particularly Game 3 it looked like, but you know they're going to be just as desperate tonight. By the way, did I see where Florida now is going to allow even more fans in their arena for the game? Well, it's funny, the Lightning, so they've announced 9,000, right? Right. So Game 3 was 9,500. Okay. Game four was ninety seven hundred and change. <laughs> so it's just tickets laying around everywhere, right? Uh, yeah, hey, tickets hey, or friends or uh, you know who knows what those extra tickets were. But yeah. um, oh, the other thing, Florida may start their third goalie in this series. They've got a goalie problem. Yeah, they do. I mean, Whoever you know starts, what? Gives Bobrovsky's been pulled twice. Dreger's yeah. been pulled once. They may right. start Spencer Knight, their future goaltender, who's That's played crazy. some this year and such. Uh, he took the starting reps on practice on Sunday, and Quenville did not rule him out. So they, the Lightning may face their third goalie in this series. Isn't that crazy? It's just, it's just that's how explosive, explosive the Lightning are, especially with Kucherov back. They, they, he's been terrific. So, well, it's going to be uh, that's the the headline is you know of course game game five is tonight with the Tampa Bay Lightning. The Rays wrap up this afternoon. Their series against Toronto, a chance to I think this would be their third sweep if they're able to do it of a, of a series already. Well, I mean, the, the, the what the Mets and um, that where, one where were they just that. at? Where were they just at? Baltimore, uh, Baltimore, Baltimore, Mets and Baltimore. The last two series were sweeps, right? So and this, I think yeah. they have won one earlier this year. So um, this would be their fourth, then, is what you're saying? It'd be the fourth, yeah. yeah. The third in the last I don't know week, week and a half, yeah. two weeks. That's how hot they are. Um, but ten winners in a row, going trying to get to the club record of twelve. Uh, held by Lou Pinella and the boys. So we got all of that. Um, so we'll be talking a lot about the Lightning after uh, Game 5 uh, later uh, tonight. And, um, you know, yeah, it'll be week, another late night for us. Sorry. I know. Late, it's I an know. 8 o'clock start. <laughs> I know. I gotta, You know, the naps are the thing i got to try to squeeze in somehow. The Bucks are starting OTAs. That'll be on Tuesday. We'll see who okay. shows up for that. We're going to have a little media availability on Tuesday. You definitely need your nap on Monday then. So we'll get ready I know. For that. We'll watch practice, and then you know, I don't know if Brady's going to be there. Well, you got a nap between you know, the, the Rays Rays. and the Lightning game today, and then that way you're set for Tuesday because it'll be late night tonight, and then. Well, my problem has been that you know mom is out of town, so I've been I've been taking care of yeah. the girls, no, even yeah. though I was technically on vacation, but. This has been this has been my uh, my thing. So I've I've been running around with the uh, with the girlies, and that's a personal thing. But uh, yeah, mom gets back next week sometime, hopefully. So um, we'll be back to normal. But we'll be we'll be at the box. We'll be 
you'll you'll be at the Rays and the Lightning. You've got games coming up this week, so we'll have some late nights, uh, but we'll have it all for you here. On Sports Day, Tampa Bay, we're here every Monday through Friday. We thank you guys for joining us all the time. And uh, for Steve Bursnick, I am Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. 